welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Hey, Elevate Life Church, so excited to be with you in this good news series. And I want us to make our declarations together. And I know you're at home and you're, if you're not having a watch party, scramble right now and invite people on right this second. Come on, let's get the word out. This is easy. You don't even have to talk to anybody. Just hit a button. So I want to encourage you to share this right now. Share, 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 share with everybody. And as you're doing that and as you're inviting people to a watch party right this second... Let's make our declarations. I'm going to invite you, if you would, just to stand there in your home, and let's do this together, okay? So let's make our declarations. Put your hand on your heart, if you will, and if you're new with us, uh, this is just something that we do to declare not only who God is, who we are, what this year is, and what's going to happen in Jesus' name. So let's make our declarations. I declare that I'm created in the image of God. I am blessed to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and take dominion. I declare that 2020 is my year of transformation. Things are not just going to change for the better, but 2020 will be my best year ever. Come on, repeat that. I declare that 2020 is going to be my best year ever ever, y'all. Come on. I declare that 2020 is double, double for me, double blessing, double anointing, a double portion of good things in every area of my life. I declare that according to Psalm 6511, that God is crowning my year with goodness and my path will drip with abundance. Come on, that's good news. I declare that as I am taught the word of God and apply it, that I am wonderfully well and blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Put an amen on that. Somebody put your hands together. Let's bring heaven to earth. Remember, this is heaven. This is earth. Remember, this is natural. This is supernatural. Come on. Remember, remember, God is for you. And so who can be against you? Well, the good news is the promises of God are yea and amen. This is part two of a two-part message, but I'm going to cover part one. We're going to go through it real quick because I want you to know the good news is every promise in Scripture, how many of them are there? 7,487. Again, rewind. How many promises are there in Scripture? 7,487. And every one of those promises is for you and promises that are for me. And the promises of God, according to Scripture, are yes and amen. Would you say that out loud right now? The promises of God are yes and amen. That's good news. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says this, for all the promises of God in him. So the promises of God are in him are yes and in him. Amen. Now listen to this, to the glory of God through us. Wow. So all the promises of God are in him, but then God says, I want to manifest my glory, my goodness to you by flowing not only my promises to you, but through you. Put a yes and amen on that. Everybody, one, two, three, yes and amen. Here's the big elevated thought for this message. God gave promises not only to prove to us who he is, but to prove who we are to him. 
I mentioned this when I talked about it in our first part of this, of this message, that when you stand at an altar, and those are some of the most strategic and intentional promises that you'll ever make in your life, and it's sealed with a ring, that that ring represents an unbreakable circle. And when you stand at the altar and you make promises, what are you saying? If sickness comes, I promise to love you. In health, I promise to love you. If times are good, I promise to love you. If times are bad, I promise to love you. In rich, I promise to love you. And if we poe, I promise to love you. What's the big deal about making those promises? Because all of us live in a level of uncertainty. And when you get married, you're inviting somebody into your uncertainty. But in that uncertainty, you're making promises that bring certain in the uncertain. And that's what God wants you to understand. That when God chose for you to be born, when God chose for you to come through the funnel, if you will, of your mom and your dad, your God's son, your God's daughter. But when he chose for you to be born, he made some precious promises that are for you that regardless of what your earthly mother and dad do or don't do, regardless if you came from a functional family or a dysfunctional family, regardless if you came from a rich family or a poor family, regardless of where you've come from, here's the bottom line. You are God's child. And because you're God's child, he has 7,487 promises that are just for you. Come on. Yes and amen. So in the Message Bible, I like the way the Message Bible says it, 2 Corinthians 1, 20 through 22. Here's what it says. Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. That's why I say yes us. Yes, us. A lot of times when, when I'm texting somebody and it's a yes, I'll say yes, us. Because Jesus is a yes for us. Come on, somebody say yes, us. In him, this is what we preach and pray, the great amen. God's yes and our yes together gloriously evident. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, putting his yes within us. Yes! I want to shout yes right now. I want to shout yes to every good thing that God has for me. I want to shout yes for every good thing that God has for you. I want to shout amen. I want to put an exclamation on it even before it happens. This is, this is why we are people that walk by faith and not by sight. Why? Because we don't walk according to what we see. We walk according to what God has said. We don't walk according to what we think. We walk according to God's promises. That when I say yes and amen to God's promises, guess what he does? He says, you are glorified me. I'm going to put my hand on your life. And guess what? What is unsure is going to become sure in the midst of your life because of my promise that's yours for good times, for bad times, for rich times, for poor times, when you're high, when you're low. Wait, maybe I should back up on that. In your highs and in your lows. But guess what? If you get high, he'll be there for you too. All right. That's good news too. Anyway, God affirms making this sure thing, this Jesus, by his spirit, he has stamped us with his eternal pledge, a sure beginning of what he is destined to complete. God, I just thank you right now 
that you have promises that we say yes and amen to that some of us don't even know what those promises are or how the promises of God work. But God, they are, you call them precious promises. So we lean into that. We step into that in Jesus' name. And regardless of what we're facing right now, we lean on the, on the promises of God. Promises of God, why does it matter? God's promises are a spoken or a written commitment. If God says he'll do something, then he will do it. Put an amen on that. If God says he will refrain from doing something, he will. According to Joshua 21, verse 45, not one of the good promises that the Lord has made to the house of Israel failed. They all came about. Every promise that you claim, every promise that you lean into, every promise that you say yes and amen to, God's promises will never fail because God's word never fails. There's two kinds of promises, unconditional promises. This is a promise that is made without attaching any conditions whatsoever. That's God's love for you. It's unconditional. Nothing can separate you, the Bible says, from the love of God. No height, no depth, no angels, no principalities, no things above the earth or under the earth. God's love for you is an unconditional promise. Now listen, God's forgiveness for you His forgiveness for you, on the other hand, is unconditional, but it's conditional based on if you accept his love and want his forgiveness. Just like somebody somebody else's forgiveness in your own life, you've got to ask for it to get it. Well, God has unconditional forgiveness to give you, unconditional mercy to give you, but the only condition is you've got to realize that you're a sinner and you've got to ask God to forgive you. Then there's conditional promises. This type of promise is subject to certain qualifications or requirements. This is when it's important to understand the context of even a biblical promise. It's not wise just to pick a random promise and claim it. Hey, that's mine. Perhaps that promise is conditional and we've got to meet the requirements to get to that promise. So last time, and this is the quick review for you, we talked about four reasons why God gives promises. Number one, God wants you to know who he is. You know, when you make that promise at the altar with that one that you're choosing for the rest of your life to be with, what you're saying is, here's who I am, so I make this promise to you. Watch this. Regardless of who you are. Regardless if you keep your promises or not, I'm going to keep my promises to you. Marriage should not be conditional. Let me say that again. Rewind. Marriage should not be conditional. Neither should friendships. If you know who you are, God made promises to us when he knew we couldn't keep our promises to him. And I get it. I understand it. Marriage is very difficult. Friendships are very difficult. Relationships are very difficult. And oftentimes, they're not only more conditional than they should be, but they're more transactional than God intended for them to be. In other words, you do your part, I'll do my part. You know, if you're nice, I'll be nice. If you do right, then I'll like you. If you do wrong, I ain't going to be with you. In other words, there's a lot of conditions in relationships that God never intended for there to be. Why? Because he wants us to be like him. So the first purpose for God's promises are he wants you to know who he is. If you ever make a promise to somebody, what you're saying, watch this now, really hear this. You're not just making the promise because of who they are. You're making the promise because of who you are. So when you break a promise to somebody, you're not breaking a promise because of what they did or they didn't do. You're breaking a promise based on who you are. That's why I don't make a promise that you can't keep. This I promise you. A lot of songs about that. 
But God wants you to know who he is. That's why he makes promises. Secondly, God wants you to know how important you are to him. So his promise is not based on, on who you are. His promises are based on who you are to him. It is the same way in marriage. Think about it. I'm making this promise to this person based on who they are to be, not just who they are as a person. I'm making the promise based on who I am and based on who they are to me. Third reason God makes the promises is because he wants the best for you and wants you to be the beneficiary of all the good things that he has in store for you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You make promises to us based on you knowing that you have so many good things. That's the good news, everybody. Come on, that's what's behind me right there on the wall. It's good news. He makes promises because he's got stuff with our name on it. That if we'll do our part, some conditional promises, some unconditional promises, if we'll do our part, then guess what? He unlocks heaven over our lives. And then the fourth reason God makes promises is because he wants to be proven in your life so that he can prove himself through your life. So God wants to be proven in your life so that he can be proven through your life to other people. So the promises of God reveal that God is a God of promise. Come on, put an amen on that. In fact, put a yes and amen on that. In scripture, the promises of God is the declaration or the assurance which God has given in his word on bestowing blessings on his people. Thank you, Lord. Such assurance resting on the perfect justice and power and benevolence and the immutable veracity of God cannot fail in their performance for us. The Lord is not slack, the Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 4, concerning his promises. If God said it, I believe it in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody. And that settles it. Why does God want us to understand how he is as a, as a God of promise? Because if he's a yes and amen God, he doesn't want you to be a no, I don't want to do that person. Oh, that's worth saying again. If he's a yes and amen God, he doesn't want you to be his son or daughter that says, no, I can't do that type of person. And most people live not on the yes and amen side of life. They live on the no, I can't side of life. Oh, there's a lot there. I hope today there'll be a shift in your own life if you're a no, I can't person. Because with God, because of his promises, not because of you, not because of another person, but because of God, his promises, his belief in you as his son or daughter, his wanting to show you his, the, the benefits that he has for you being his son and daughter, him wanting to prove himself to you and then through you. He says, if I'm like that to you, I want you to be like that to other people. That's the goal. So the promises of God are yes and amen. I want to tell you a few things and then we're going to be through. First of all, God is a promise maker. 2 Peter 1, 2 through 4 in the New Living Translation says it like this. May God give you more and more. Everybody say double, double. Come on, say double, double. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. So how do you grow in more and more grace? Grace, by the way, is the power of God to do things God's way. How do you grow in the power of God to do things God's way? The power of God to do my life God's way. Let's break it down. The power of God to do my emotions God's way. 
What am I going to do with my anger? What am I going to do with my depression? What am I going to do with my downtimes? What am I going to do with my life when it doesn't work? What am I going to do? God gives more and more grace, more and more, double, double of his power and his peace as you grow. So there's a, there's a, here's here's one of those conditional promises. God's going to give you more and more grace. He's going to give you his peace. Arene in the Greek, E-I-R, apostrophe E-N-E in the Greek. Here's what it means. Wholeness, wellness of being that includes prosperity. Wow. When God gives you more and more power to do things his way, he gives you his arene. He gives you his prosperity. He gives you wholeness. He gives you wholeness of mind, wholeness of body, wholeness of spirit. He gives you his peace. But you've got to grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By his divine power, God has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. Listen to that now. By his divine power, he's given us everything that we need to live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. That's our goal in our church. We want you to know God. We, that's why we have gatherings. That's why we're going to gather together as the church. The Bible says, neglect not the assembling of yourselves together as some do. Why? Because when you get with people, you get to know people. You know, you can talk to people on the phone. You can talk to people on Zoom calls. It's wonderful. But when you get together with somebody, you look them eye to eye. You get face to face. That's what God's desire is. That's how how God wants us to be with him. He, He wants you to understand that he wants you to know him. To know him. So you can know you. And so you can know other people. More than on a superficial level. So around here, we want you to know God. We want you to gather with God's people. Get plugged into a a home group in this season. It's so simple. You don't have to go anywhere. Just just find out on our Elevate Life app. Find out at at elevate.life forward slash groups. Find out how you can be a part of a small group. When are the small groups meeting? Get engaged in this season. Why? So you can know God. And then grow closer. That's, it. That's the second thing. We really want you to know how to grow closer, how to, how to grow, how to, how to grow closer to God, how to grow closer to other people. Into me see. I did a series on that. We want you to be a person, and we say it like this, that you'll go serve. So know God. Grow closer. Go serve. Find, find a way to live with a transcendent cause where you love, care, and serve other people. And then finally, be a person that gives generously. That's that's our path here at Elevate Life Church, our path of discipleship, our path towards transformation. We we believe that God wants us to love people into lifelong transformation where things get better and better and better and better and we grow in more and more grace and more peace. Come on, put a yes and amen on that in Jesus' name. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who has called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Everybody say double, double. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Not just great promises, here's another double, but precious promises. These are the promises that enable us or empower us to share in his divine nature and watch this, escape the world's corruption, which is caused by our human desires. Wow. Becoming a partaker in the divine nature means that the characteristics of God's nature 
become your own. Can you, can you just stop for a second and say, God, I, I want your divine nature in my life. Come on, just say that. I want your, I want your divine nature in my life. I, I, want, I, want to, I don't want it just to be my personality. I don't just want it to be my experiences. I don't just want it to be my immaturity, my insecurity. But God, you've enabled me to, to partner with you by giving me more and more grace and peace that as I get to know you, I have the privilege of sharing in your divine nature. What does God's divine nature look like? Here's what we have the privilege to share in. Good. His nature is good. His nature is gentle. His nature is righteous. His nature is merciful. How many of you ever needed mercy for something? I do every day because I'm married. I do every day because I have children. I do every day in every relationship we'll ever have. The only person that you don't need mercy from is your dog. But the truth is your dog's always giving you mercy. Think about that for a minute. Doesn't matter what you do, still they wag their tail and they're always giving you mercy, so you need to give your dog mercy. What's God's nature? It's forgiving. Some of you have a hard time with forgiving. Guess what, if you don't forgive, Jesus said you won't be forgiven. Long-suffering, that's the nature of God. I don't like long-suffering. I don't even like that word. Like, I'd like to strike that from the dictionary. Who wants to suffer long? But the nature of God is, guess what? He gives you more grace, more and more grace, more of his power that whatever you face might be long, it might be suffering, but you're going to get through it. You're going to get through it. You know, recently I played in a basketball game with some of the young guys at our church. I was definitely the old man on the court. Um, and we, play, we were playing with Jeremy Baker, who's 44, and Josh was, I think, next in line. He's 32. And then everybody else was like in their 20s. When I got through playing, I was not even sweating. In fact, one game we got beat, and I go, hey, I just want y'all to know something as I walked off the court. You see, I'm not sweating. I'm 60 years old, and I, and I didn't break a sweat in the game. These guys are pouring sweat. Of course, maybe because I just stood there the whole time. But the truth is, here's my point, is that we are trained through our own discipline and our growth in God that when tough times come, it doesn't make us sweat like most people. That's what long-suffering means. The things that make most people sweat and get into fear and doubt and unbelief. No, I'm going to use this suffering for my good. I'm going to learn to suffer well. Divine nature of God, patience, joyful, peaceful. Who doesn't want this? Self-controlled, yes! Kindness, love is patient, love is kind, honesty, and above all, loving. That's, we, the only way you can be a lover, the only way really you can be truly honest, the only way you can really be kind, the only way you can really be peaceful, the only way is you have to share in the divine nature of God by his grace, the power that he gives you more and more to be that way. And then when you're that way, you prosper because you get to know him. So God is a promise maker. Somebody put an amen on that. The second thing I want you to know about God, the promises of God are yes and amen, is that God's a promise keeper. He doesn't just make promises, he keeps his promises. Genesis 12, one through four in the Amplified Bible says this. Now in Haran, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house. Listen to that for a minute. Why would I need to leave my mama? Why would I need to leave my house? Why would I need to leave my country? 
Because I'm going to take you to a place that I'm going to show you that you've never been. Some people never leave the paradigm of their family, and that's why they get stuck. My last name is Kraft, but my goal is not to, be, not to act like a Kraft. I knew the only, the, only, the only part of my heredity that I even know about is my dad's dad, and I don't even know anything about him. I met him one time. Many of you know that story. No teeth, poor, poor impoverished, and my dad broke that spirit in our family. I don't know what you came from. Listen to me. But just like God told Abram, he said, I want you to get, get out of your family's mentality. Pastor Sheila just wrote a book called Live Your Legacy. It's going to be released very soon. And listen, there's some things that we want our kids to follow us in. There are core values in our family. Those, those core values are honor, because we don't want dishonor. Positive attitude, because we don't want negative attitude. Excellence, because we don't want mediocrity. Anybody want a mediocrity? Yeah, give me a mediocrity job, mediocre job. Give me a mediocre finances. Give me mediocre food. Give me a mediocre person to marry. No, no, no. Well, you've got to make excellence something that matters most to you. So in our family, that's why we chose excellence. Leadership. Why? Because we don't want normal. I don't want anything normal. I want God super normal in my life. How about you? And generosity. Because I don't, do you, don't you love when you're around selfish people? Don't you love to be with selfish people? I'm going to look for the most selfish person to just go hang with them. Not. I don't think so. We don't, we don't do that. We want to be around people that are generous. So those are the core values of our family. Well, what's, what's significant about that? That's the only thing I want my kids to carry on. You don't have to be like me in any other way, but those things, and that's really what God wants us to understand. Some of you got to get out of the way your family of origin thinks. That's what's holding you back. You got to get out of the country, the Americanism. You got to get out of the, the place you were raised. Why? Because God wants to take you like he did Abram to a new place. And here's what he said. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you abundantly. He's not just a promise maker. He's a promise keeper. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to distinguish you. And the Bible goes on to say this, that I, you shall be a blessing. Guys, scroll the screen for me, please. You shall be a blessing, a source of good to others a source of great to others. I will bless and do good for you so that those that will bless you, I will bless and I will curse those who curse you and who dishonor you. And he says, in you and through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abram departed in faithful obedience to the Lord as God directed him. And I just find it so interesting. He was 75 years old when God asked him to do this and when God made promises to him. Until you take your last breath, the promises of God are for you. Somebody put a yes and amen on that. You're never too old to receive the promises of God. It's so important. Don't think, well, I'm too old. That season's already passed and man, my best days have been lived. No, they ain't. When he's 75 years old, God's going, we're gonna uproot everything. Quit thinking like your family, Abram. Get, get out of where you've been. Get out of those paradigms. I want you to think, be, do like me. And if you'll do this, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless those that bless you. I'm going to curse those that curse you. I'm going to make you, I'm not only going to make you blessed, but I'm going to bless other people through you. This is so powerful for us to understand. Numbers, the 23rd chapter, and the 19th verse in the New Living Translation says it like this. God is not a man that he would lie. He doesn't. He's not a human. So he doesn't change his mind. 
Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried through? As children of God, as children of God, here's what you got to realize, and this is what I want to leave you with. God not only is a promise maker, he's a promise keeper, but we are promise receivers. My job, come on, y'all, your job is, this is good news, is not only do we serve a God that's made promises to us, 7,487 of them, but he keeps his promises. Why? What's his promise? I will bless you. I will bless those that bless you. I will honor you and honor those that honor you. I will, I will bless the nations of the earth through you. Wow. Well, he spoke that to Abram, but what do you mean that we're God's children and we should receive his promises? That promise is still today. That promise is still today. Galatians 3, 6 through 9. In the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted to him, it to him as righteousness because of his faith. The real children, this is the Bible now, the real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. Have you put your faith in God? What's more, the scriptures looked forward all the way from Genesis 12. Looked forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in the sight of God because of their faith. And God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago. And he said, all the nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ, here's good news, y'all. Share the same blessing of Abraham that Abraham received because of his faith. And when we receive Jesus into our life, when we receive Christ into our life, as, he be, as we begin to know him and he gives us more and more grace, more and more power to do things God's way, his peace that surpasses understanding comes on our life. We begin to be whole. We begin to be healthy. We become not to, not to, not, not to be dysfunctional like sometimes the families that we were born into. But God says, get out of that and come to me and worship me. And your last name might be this, but there's a greater name that's above that name, and it's my name. When you make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you become an acknowledged, promised receiver, son and daughter of God, the most high. Somebody say yes and amen. But you have to receive that. This is the Bible. Back to Galatians. But Christ has rescued us from the curse that was pronounced on us by the law of our own sin. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse, all the curses for our wrongdoing. This is the Bible. For it is written in scriptures, curses everyone who has hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles, that's you and me, with the same blessing that he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit, woo, through faith. Come on, y'all. I'm preaching myself happy. God, I just want to stop right here. Come on, y'all can praise him with me just for a second. I want to take a little praise break, and I want to thank you that you have given us the privilege to share in your great and precious promises that because I'm a son of God, there's 7,487 promises. I just wanna stop, I wanna ask you, how many of those promises are you, are you receiving in your life? 
Or how many of you are denying by, by thinking the way your family thinks or thinking the way you've always thought or because you were from this place or that place or this side of the tracks or because of your ethnicity or whatever it is, you have a, a process and a thought process or a gender. I'm a woman, I'm a man or something else, whatever. In other words, it's like, it's like we block the promises of God. We keep ourselves from receiving the promises of God because we don't allow through our knowledge of God, watch this, to receive more and more grace. I speak more and more grace into your life right now in the name of Jesus. More and more of the power of God to experience not just his peace so I feel peaceful, but so that his divine nature is something that I become a partaker and a beneficiary of, watch this, for the purpose of not only knowing that God is a promise maker, he's a promise keeper, and to proclaim that through my life and in my life so others know the goodness of God by the way I access and receive the promises of God for myself. Hmm. Man, hey, this is me talking to myself. That's good preaching. I acknowledge that's God speaking to me and through me to you. Don't spend another day being the same way you've always been. Don't spend another day fretting about what happened yesterday. Don't spend another day wallowing in your shame because of your sin. Sin sucks. It just does. It's not right. And we've all sinned and we've all fallen short and we, we will continue to fall short of the glory of God. But we have this privilege. Watch this. The privilege is to share in the divine nature based on the precious promises of God and access and receive every promise so that like Abraham, if, I can, if he can get his promises to me, watch this now, he can shine his promises for others through me. One of my dear friends, dearest friends in the world, Tad Tomaseski passed away on April 20th, not of the coronavirus, but during this coronavirus. And we had his funeral. And I not only got to see his legacy, but I got to see my legacy. I got to hear his sisters. His one sister was my personal assistant, Tracy White, for 14 years. I got, I got to hear his sister talk about how she came to Christ because of Tad, because of our relationship. I got to hear how Trey, uh, Tad's other sister and her husband, Tad shows up one day and he's given his life to Christ through strike force a ministry that I had and he comes walking, he goes to visit his brother and they're about to get on his yacht and he's wearing this tank top that says real men love Jesus. And the guy's thinking, and he said this at the funeral, he said, oh my goodness, he's not gonna get on my boat. Oh my God, oh no, I'm gonna hear about this Jesus stuff. Tad's brothers or Tad's sisters, Tad's extended family all came to Christ, watch this. Because I came to Christ. You see, when you receive the promises of God, whatever those promises are, I'm 60, okay? At 60, I've lived a lot of life. 
so if you're in your 20s or younger or maybe your 30s or 40s and it's not working, like stuff isn't working, it's just because you haven't received the promises with your name on it yet. And for every stage of your life, God has precious promises for you. And you're not too young and you're not too old. Abraham was 75. I'm going to keep believing that, that every promise that has my name on it, as I receive those promises, watch this. Not only is my life enriched, but everybody around me, their life is enriched because I receive the promises. See, as God's sons and daughters, it's so important that we receive the promises because there's people around us but the only way that they're going to know him is that they got to know you. Why don't you just tell him right now, say, God, I received the promises that you have for me. I got to receive whatever it is in this season. It's a difficult season for a lot of people, but his promises are the same. I say yes and amen, no matter how difficult it is for you. God, you're a God of yes and amen, and you are yes and amen, and I just align myself with your promises for me. The 60-year-old body, a man that was my age, of Timothy Henry Gray was found under a Wyoming overpass two days after Christmas in 2012. There was no sign of foul play, no indication of a crime or of mischief. You see, Timothy Henry Gray was a homeless cowboy that unfortunately died of hypothermia by himself underneath a bridge in Wyoming. People would say that he was a victim of bad breaks and bad luck, except for this one detail. He stood to inherit millions of dollars. Gray's great-grandfather was a wealthy copper miner, a railroad builder, and listen to this, founder of a small Nevada town you might have heard of, Las Vegas. His fortune was passed down to his daughter, and I, I wouldn't have named her this, but her name was Huguet. God bless you, Huguet. She died in 2011, one year before Timothy Henry Gray died under that bridge of hypothermia, homeless, alone, no hope, at the young age of 60. Huguet left $300 million. $300 million. At the time of Gray's death, the execution of the will was tied up in court. And as things turned out, the man found dead under the railroad overpass wasn't poor after all. Just his part of the inheritance was more than $19 million. How does the heir to a fortune die like a pauper? Surely Timothy Gray knew his family history. Was he in touch with his half-great aunt? Did it occur to him to investigate the potential inheritance? It would occur to me. <laughs> I would camp on the doorstep of my dear great aunt. I would turn over every stone. I'd read every document. Wouldn't you? 
We'd make it our aim to access our inheritance, wouldn't we? But the question is, do we? Let's talk about yours. Your inheritance. Glistening in the jewel box of God's promises to you is a guarantee of your inheritance. You see, Romans 8, 17 says, you are an heir, an heir of God and a co-heir with Christ. But you don't understand I'm depressed. You don't understand I'm going through tough times. You don't understand I'm just, it's just so hard right now. And like Timothy Henry Gray, we find what bridges we can lay under and we shiver in the cold unnecessarily. And we go through so much stuff because we don't realize we are co-heirs with Christ. Psalms 119 verse 49 through 50 says this, remember your promise to me, this is David now, it is my only hope. Come on, he's your only hope. He's your only hope. And he's all the hope you need, by the way. Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. I don't know what you're facing today, but I know the world, the whole world's been facing a lot of trouble. But let me tell you something, the trouble in the world does not change the promises of God for you. Jesus, would you just speak to every person right now? Holy Spirit, would you just come into every home right this second? Would you just fill them with your hope and your love and your encouragement? And we don't have to die under a bridge looking for our own shelter. We don't have to die due to the coldness of, of circumstances and the void of our own relationships. We, we don't have to be like people who are wandering through life thinking, what is this life all about? Like, why am I here? What, what is my purpose? You see, none of us have to be like that when we really understand that we're children of God. We, we, it's really true. It's really true. Like the whole Bible was written for you. Every promise is for you. But God is the promise maker and God is the promise keeper. And and we are the ones, though, that have to be the promise receivers. Can I just ask you if you're home or wherever you are, just lift up your hands with me. Just right this second. And just tell God, first of all, just thank Him. Thank Him for His love. God, I thank You for Your love. I thank You that in my darkest hours, God, You've always been there. In my discouragement, You've always been there. In my weakness, you've always been there on that table when I didn't know if I was gonna live or die. God, you were there this last year for me. God, that in our troubles, in our struggles, in our pain, in our hurts, in our sorrows, in our insecurities, in our inefficiencies, in our not being enough, God, you are the God that's more than enough. And so God, would you just fill every person now with your grace, with your power? more and more grace. I speak peace in the name of Jesus. The good news is God loves you right where you are. 
but you're the one that has to say yes and amen. The yes and the amen are in him, but Jesus stamped with his life and his his death and his burial and his resurrection. He stamped the yes and amen that every precious promise is for us and that we share in this divine nature of God walking in this earth that's not so divine. Thank you, God, that in the midst of an undivine world, we are sharers, partakers in the divine nature of God. Just say this, everybody, even if you've made a decision for Jesus, and if you haven't, I invite you to pray this prayer with me so you can, you can be the beneficiary of God's promises in your own life. Just say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins, mistakes that I've made. I give you my life. Everything that has my name on it, say that with me. Everything that has my name on it, every promise that's for me, I receive it. I receive it. This song's been in my heart a lot lately. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Lord, have your way in me. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. Lay it all down again. To hear you say that I'm your friend. You are my desire. No one else will do Cause nothing else could take your place To feel the warmth of your embrace Help me find the way Bring me back to you Come on, just worship with me for a minute. You're all I need. Come on, sing it. You're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. You're all I want. Help me know you are near. He's near to you right now. The good news is God loves you. The good news is his promises are yes and amen. The good news is, go read Genesis 12, one through four. 
The same promise that God made to Abraham, because we are heirs of Abraham, we are heirs of the promises of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham is on our life. One little quick thing, verse four of Genesis 12. When God told him that, he immediately took action. I encourage you to take immediate action based on this word today. Take immediate action. He didn't go, I don't know if I wanna leave my family. I don't know if I wanna to go to a place where I don't know where I'm going. God said, leave your family, get out of your country. I'm gonna show you where to go. Verse four, immediately he did it. So whatever you're doing right now, make the greatest priority in your life is to immediately do what God tells you to do so that you can receive every promise that he has for you. And I say over your life, with you, yes and amen. Let's do it one more time. Yes and amen. Oh, be sure you share this with somebody. Be sure if you made a new decision for Christ, we wanna hear about it. Go to our app, Elevate Life, or go to elevate.life forward slash connect. And uh, we'd love to connect with you. Let us know. We wanna, we wanna help you, especially in this season. We have something that we do in our church. We bless people out. If you're not already standing in your home, I encourage you to do it right now. And what I'm about to speak over your life, there's nothing the devil can do about it. There's nothing a virus can do about it. There's nothing anybody can do about it. Because guess what? I'm anointed and appointed just like you to speak those things that are not as though they were. So no matter what's going on in your life right now, here's what I say over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face to shine upon you. May you know that if God is for you, who can be against you? If God is on your side, whom shall you fear? May you be like a tree that is planted by rivers of living water and your leaf will not wither. And whatsoever you do, come on, say it like you mean it, it shall prosper. That's the good news. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.